Hello and welcome to the Tasty Grow Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 45-plus year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of the weekly Americana Roots music radio show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I share conversations with artists and industry insiders with the goal of educating and entertaining the listening audience. I strive to give a voice to the music makers and their supporters who are underserved or even ignored by mainstream corporate media. On February 3rd, 2023, I presented a four-hour edition of the Tasty Room Music Radio Show, interviewing an array of local, national, and international touring artists that were in Kansas City for the annual Folk Alliance International Conference. Next up is Patterson Barrett from Austin, Texas, and Beth Bambara from St. Louis. Patterson first came to my attention about eight years ago at the Folk Alliance Conference as the sideman for songwriter Stephanie Urbina-Jones. As you'll hear, we've stayed in touch over the years, and I learned something new about Patterson with each visit. During this conversation, he casually drops new information to me that at the age of 17, he played pedal steel, dobro, and guitar on Jerry Jeff Walker's rendition of Guy Clark's L.A. Freeway for Walker's first release on MCA Records. He has helped anchor the Buddy Miller House Band during an Americana Fest award show at the Ryman. I had the privilege of attending those award shows for a good number of years, and the house band was always on fire. Not long after arriving in Austin, uh, he formed the band Partners in Crime, which included Buddy and Julie Miller, sometimes referred to as Mr. and Mrs. Americana Music, releasing one album on their own label, Criminal Records. In the years since, Patterson produced some of Hal Ketchum's earliest demos, served in Al Cooper's, that's Cooper with a K, backup band, and performed before 10,000 festival goers as Chuck Berry's pianist. He accompanied Nancy Griffith on Austin City Limits, legendary Austin singer Luann Barton in music clubs around the country, and Buddy Miller on his Your Love and Other Lies CD, more recently on the Buddy and Jim CD. He has a continuing collaboration with Stephanie Urbina-Jones as her accompanist, musical director, and producer, including work with her Honky Tonk Mariachi project, appearing on the Grand Ole Opry multiple times. In addition to years of supporting other talented artists in every format imaginable, Barrett has maintained a career as a recording artist in his own right. Around 2015, I was introduced to Beth Bombara through a mutual musical friend, Sky Smead. Although based in Missouri, Beth has spent much of her adulthood on the road, carving out her own award-winning mix of vintage folk and electric roots rock. She's been a solo artist, a band leader, and an occasional side musician for other artists. The Columbia Tribune says her songs live in the same world as greats like Petty and Dylan, Gillian and Joni, and grow up like trees drawing nourishment from their roots music. But she never ever sounds like the typical artist who claims these influences. Bambara zigs where someone else might zag, making harder or gentler turns, brushing up against jazz, or taking rock toward its fulfillment. It's been my pleasure to include Beth for the last three years now as part of the Heartland Song Network private showcase lineup. Enjoy these conversations and performances with Patterson Barrett and Beth Bambara in Hour 3 of the Folk Alliance Takeover of the Taste of the Music Radio Show. My name is Diana Lynn, and we are right now smack dab in the middle of a four-hour special Folk Alliance takeover of the Tasty Brew. And my next guest is a friend that I met at Folk Alliance. I'm probably not going to get the right date, Patterson. Not only was it remarkable, you know, for having met you and Stephanie, but under the circumstances, I think there was an ice storm in Nashville that year. Yeah. And you had a hard time getting here uh, at the last minute. It was crazy. Like the folks that are trying to get here from Austin right now is, you know, when you have a music conference in the Midwest in uh, January or February, you might expect that here. But the weather is happening everywhere else but here. It's odd. Welcome to global warming and climate change. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, Patterson. The voice that you hear is uh, Patterson Barrett. Patterson is, are you from Austin? Well, I've been in Austin for, I don't know, 45 years or so. Yeah. 
could say that. Yeah, I mean, I I've been born, here 50. I, I could say that I'm from here, but I'm not really. I'm from Ohio originally. Yeah. You, I was born in Washington. I grew up mostly in a Maryland suburb of Washington, D.C. When we met, you were sideman for Stephanie Urbina-Jones. You are here at Folk Alliance this year in your individual capacity, are you not? Yes, I am. You, as a songwriter, singer-songwriter, which you've always done. Yeah. Um, I, I get to play with a lot of different people. Is that by design? Do you know ahead of time that you're going to be doing that? Is it kind um, of... Some stuff I do know ahead of time, and some stuff, I mean, it's Folk Alliance, so some stuff just happens. Organically. That's the beauty of it. How do you find this Folk Alliance vis-a-vis others that you've been to? Well, let's see. I, of course... New Orleans, which was the last last live one that I went to, was great. I didn't go to Montreal, and so the last one that would last live one that I went to that was here was what would that have been? Twenty eighteen, I guess, something like that. That sounds about right because yeah. I did go to Montreal, and that was in twenty nineteen. How do I find it? It's uh, it's great. It's always great. A lot of the kids that I've talked to so far today, this is their first one. They're first timers. As you come and do different years, do you have different goals or thoughts about what you're going to try to accomplish with each? one? How do you prepare for something like this? I I put it on my calendar. I put it on my calendar and uh, figure out how I'm going to get there. This time I drove because uh, I have a lot of different instruments and I wanted to have them all at hand because I wasn't sure what I would get into. On your showcases, is it just you and your guitar? Yes. So let's talk about your songwriting process because there's a lot of focus on songwriting, a lot of focus on performance at a festival like this. But there's a lot of talk, you know, in the late night rounds and stuff about the process of songwriting and what inspired a particular song. Do you find that helpful? Is that intimidating? Hearing other people's process? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't talked to anybody that really does it like I do. I don't, I just, there are some people, you know, you talk to some people who are like, you have to write every day. I get yeah. up and I write something Like a music day. row writer yeah. or something, yeah. I, or, or, you know, book writing or, or any of that kind of writing. You just got to get up, do it every day. I don't, I don't know if it's because I'm lazy or, or what, but I don't do that. I just I wait for inspiration, and it usually comes while I'm sleeping. So I do a lot of writing. You and Towns Van Zandt, apparently. Did he do that? Well, the, the story is that If I Needed You, he dreamt that whole song. Oh, wow. And woke up and just wrote it all down. Yeah. Really, Towns? You wrote that song asleep in your sleep? I write I write many songs in my sleep, or I'll wake up with like a chorus or, or part of a line or, or something like that, and then immediately start messing with it. And Do you have your own recording set up yeah. at home? Yeah. So I've spent, I've had sort of a side career, I guess as many artists have, engineering and producing, working in a recording studio as for years and years, and now have uh, Pro Tools set up that I actually take with me. So I've, I've done stuff, you know, at other people's living rooms. I didn't ask you about this before we went on the air, so if we, if you want to. But I want to talk just a second about the, the Honky Tonk Mariachi experience. Sure, sure. Because uh, that has been such a journey for Stephanie, our mutual friend Stephanie Arena-Jones. Yeah. What has that been like to play at the Grand Ole Opry and the response that there's been to that project? It's been great, and it's been great for me because uh, I've, I've written all of the, you know, it's two trumpets, two violins, a bunch of other instruments and I'm like you know I'm the bus driver I've written all the porn and violin parts and it's uh, really great and rewarding to be able to hear that you know to hear your work I guess it's certainly not going to compare myself to Beethoven but it must be like the same sort of satisfaction where you hear something in your head and then you're able to hear it hear what it's like actual instruments well no I know when I first met you Patterson Barrett and Stephanie Urbina Jones at Folk Alliance she was talking about that as a kind of a dream project that she was trying yep. to pull together and slowly but surely I watched that unfold you know over the years and then it came to fruition and you got to play at the Grand Ole Opry and it's the clothes and the presentation I mean it's a it's an amazing thing it, to watch and yeah. it, we call it honky tonk mariachi honky tonk right? mariachi so if, she's, call, she's calling it Stephanie Urbina Jones and the honky tonk mariachi yeah well I'm glad that I did not know that all the arrangements and that sort of thing was was your job. I'm not surprised at that, but what's it like playing the Grand Ole Opry? I have to ask. They treat you really nice. Did you play at the Ryman or did you play at Opryland? No, it's all been at Opryland. Well, I have played at the Ryman, but not with her. So yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was. Because um, that's a big, a lot of people don't, I didn't realize till I went the first time. That's a huge theater. Yeah, it's like. Uh, 3,500 people or something. I think it's more like 4,200. Oh, man. It's I, a, asked, I asked, how many people are there? And you know, it's, don't really think about it, but it, it's sold out just because of tourism and because 
because everybody right. wants to be there. Yeah. So, you know, every time you play. It's you, a destination for sure. Every time you play, you know, you're playing, playing to a packed house of 4,200 or so people. Do you just black out while you're out there? Do you, do you just kind of, can you see that sea of well, people yeah. out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I do that, you know, I'm at festivals, so I just do that a lot. Yeah. Just kind of, yeah, I'm not necessarily, every once in a while I might try and make eye contact or connect with somebody in the audience. But when the, when it's that big a thing, it's just, you know, you're doing your thing. And especially with Stephanie, I'm I'm directing traffic. So yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, cueing people and paying attention to what's Using going. all your skill sets. If you're just joining uh, us. Uh, you are listening to the Tasty Brew Music Radio Show, a special Folk Alliance takeover session. We've had Nick Vulture from Australia. We've had Mickey P from right here in Kansas City, Cameron Keeling, and we now have Patterson Barrett, who is one of the few people I personally know that's p- played the Ryman and, and played uh, uh, Opryland. Uh, I've been on the stage at the Ryman several times. I've been in the audience many times at the Ryman. It is a very special, special place, and I can't even imagine what it's like for an artist. Artist. Again, it's it's very it's very nice, and they treat you really well. Yeah, they've got that in, backstage thing. The green rooms are off the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I did a couple of things uh, associated with the Americana Music Association right. conference there. I was I was in the uh, I was in Buddy Miller's house band one year that was you know backing people. Yeah, that was that, that was my, my first experience with the Americana Fest was 2010. I had no idea what to expect, what I was doing, and walked into the Ryman, you know, for the awards ceremony that night. And there's Buddy Miller and Don Was and Fats Kaplan and all these amazing players. I mean, it was like being in a dream or in a movie. I'm so glad that you've been able to have that experience because you've worked really hard. And uh, it doesn't you know, seem like work to me. Paid but your thank dues. You. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good thing. I'm, I'm very, very glad to hear that. What would you like to share with our listeners first thing? In, in terms of a song? Yeah. Because you've got a guitar. Our beautiful I guitar. Do. You've got your headphones on. Let's do it. I thought I might uh, do. So I have an upcoming record. I've made a resolution to release it this year. It's already in the can, as they say. It's already done. Mixed and mastered and all that good uh, stuff. I'm still fooling with mastering a yeah. little bit and maybe a tweak or two mixing. Um, but for the most part, it's done and it has been for a little while. I've just it hit the the landscape hasn't looked that good for for somebody like me releasing a record in the last few years. So anyway, this will be the title song from that. Well, I sure can't sing like I used to But I can still sort of carry a tune But I can't shake this feeling I might be losing it all too soon The harder that I try The closer that I get So I can't call it quits yet Because I still get a joyful feeling If I can hit a note just right And if someone believes in me Well, I just might hit a few tonight Or this morning Doesn't mean that I mean it any less Because I still get a joyful feeling If I can hit just one note right And if you'll all believe in me Well, I just might hit a few I used to, but I can still sort of carry a tune. I can't shake this feeling, I might be losing it all too soon. The harder that I try, the closer that I get. So I can't call it quits, I just can't call it quits. I can't quite call it quits. Yet. 
And nor should you. Dang it. <laughs> have you ever done anything else? Uh, besides playing music? Yeah, yeah. Have you had a Joe job? Have you, like, you know, poured concrete or hung drywall or anything? No, I have hung drywall, but I don't think I got paid for it. I, yeah. I, uh, I re, uh, remodeled a couple of houses. Whoever hangs drywall earns every penny <laughs> that they make. There was a... A time, time late in my career where a friend had a, um, had a restaurant that had a lunch catering business, and they were looking for somebody to deliver stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for a few weeks, maybe a couple of months, and then sadly I was backing up in the loading in the alley behind the place to load up, and there was a woman talking on her phone who didn't see me, and I didn't see her, and I knocked her down as I was backing up in the car in my own van. And so I go inside and I say, well, you know, I, I, I think I just knocked somebody over. You, what do you mean? I just I just knocked a woman over. All right, you go ahead and make your deliveries, and, uh, and a couple of the other people there looked at me like I was a dead man walking, you know, like, oh, that, that ain't good. Your driver card has been revoked. You I, can't hit pedestrians. I, so I, it was the sort of thing where they, where I would call in and they'd say, you know, what they what work they had for me. And so I called in like the next day and they said, yeah, we won't be needing you yeah. anymore. And that Your was, services are no longer required. Right. And that was the end of my uh, food delivery career. That's so. when you knew you needed to go back to doing the magic. Yeah. Doing but, the real thing. Yeah. Other than that, and working, you know, I've worked in recording studios a bunch. It's not really, I mean, it's not a nine-to-five job, often a late-night job. Um, so I've done a bunch of that. For someone who's, I love Austin so much. I used to spend so much time there, not so much anymore. As someone who's been in Austin for as yes. long as you have, what was the first music gig that you had down there? What was the scene like when you first there, and how has it changed so much over the years? Well, the reason I ended up in, in Austin is I, as a young person, I mean, 17 17 year old I played on a Jerry Jeff Walker record in in New York on uh, I played pedal steel on uh, his version of LA Freeway and some other stuff from that album okay now you're just blowing my mind but keep going <laughs> and some of the other people that were working on the record and Jer- and Jerry Jeff as well had just moved to Austin and they were t- saying oh Austin what's it's so great it's so great well I was in a band at the time and we moved to California I was there for a couple of years uh, eventually when I left that band I thought I'm gonna go check Austin out and so a friend of mine one of the other guys in the band and I left that band and drove down to Austin to check it out it has changed a lot over the years that's changed a lot and people there you know they're they'll whine about they how, whine and you know. complain about it all the time but it's still a wonderful place to to be yes it's of course it's not the same as it was 40 years well, ago and neither is this town <laughs> when we look out on this the view that you have out of the hotel at folk Alliance right yeah. now Downtown didn't look like that 30 years ago, 20 years ago. No way. It's, the Western Auto sign was still there, right? It's always yeah, it's been there ever since I've been, but it was dark for a long time. Oh, okay. It was it was not lit for a long time, but I didn't start going to Austin until about 1994. It was still a little weird, you know, still lots of cool venues to go and I mean, I'll never forget I went to go get ice cream. Is it Amy's ice cream? Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a woman in front of me and my my, my late boyfriend said, "You know who that is?" Don't you know? No, who is that? He goes, "That's Ruth." And then we were someplace else having a beer, and it's Alejandro Escamilla, <laughs> Joe Ely. I mean, it's just these names that just, oh. um, so I have. Just nothing. walking around like real people yeah. doing, doing normal Like they stuff. do in L.A., you know, where you see have a lot of celebrity <laughs> sightings. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that you still have fondness for and and uh, an anchor there. I do. And, you know, technically, I probably shouldn't say this, technically I live in Florida, but I've spent very little time there. A lot of my musical connections are in both uh, Texas and Austin and Nashville. So I'm, I'm in those places much more than I am yeah. at quote-unquote home. For someone who's toured and, and been in the music biz, you know, the fact that you have a place that you can hang your hat is, and there's more than one of them, that's fine. Yeah. That's that's a good thing. Yes. Would you like to play another song? Sure, yeah? sure. This is Patterson Barrett. This is another song off the new record. Um, don't need to say anything. It's like explaining a joke. I'll just play the song and let people get what they... But I but I will mention that on the record version of this, uh, Jamie Harris sings uh, harmony, which is... Uh, oh, we just played her new song. I love her. Yeah. She's, Good she's job. She's wonderful. As you say, 
made darker by you I can't be saved by the things that you do And all the tears that I've cried You'd think I'd be done I'm still living in darkness Longing for sun Lord knows why you stay While I push you away Tethered together And shrouded in gray And all the tears that I've cried Well, you'd think I'd be done I'm still living in darkness Longing for sun Living in darkness And longing for sun It comes streaming through cracks I feel it drawing me back I hear you calling me back song patterson that's wonderful thank you you Great. you love a song about depression and well no darkness. i just <laughs> i just love yeah that's okay it's yeah. all part of the deal yeah. you know but i mean i like the rhythm i like i just like everything about it thank you. so that's good work um this is patterson barrett from florida but lives <laughs> <laughs> in austin no no i tell people I have a vacation home in Florida where yeah. I go to visit my family a few times a year. There you go. Who am I to say otherwise? It's always lovely to meet up again wherever that may be. You know, and I have to say, I listened, um, of course, I listened to the show last week where you said nice things about me. Among other things, talking about how I picked you up at the airport was, in Nashville. Did I have the wrong city? No, no. It was Nashville? Well, yes, <laughs> yes. I didn't remember it until you said that. Yeah. It's funny. The memory I have is that when I came here... You picked me up at the airport, and I actually, I think I stayed at your house. You did? I stayed at your house. Well, I think I stayed there. your I son think. might have stayed at Corinne's. And right. Said, yeah, we, we were, I was running kind of a bed and breakfast there for a while. I don't, I don't do that so much anymore. But, you know, that's the thing about Folk Alliance and about this community. You meet folks, and they become part of your tribe, and you might cross paths in unlikely places in other parts of the world or in your own city, but it, when you, I always feel like when I meet up with you or Stephanie, it's like, even though we've really only spent a little bit of time together, really, and I just feel very comfortable and welcomed whenever I, I'm in the same space with you guys. Well, so. I was, I was um, happy and honored that, that you referred to me as friend. So Well, I, I do you. consider you a friend, and if you ever, you know, need anything, if you're coming through Kansas City, a 
and it's not just folk alliance but it's it's for some other reason we'll leave the light on for you as they say i don't want to throw you under the bus but i have a request i don't know what uh, you can tell me um your song yeah give them what they want yeah can you do that? Sure, I can I, do that. I'll have to pretend for the... Yes, I, do, I often do it. So I, I mean, I love that wrong. song because I know that it, it's so relatable to so many of the artists that I know and love from right here in Kansas City that they will definitely be able to relate to this song. Okay. <laughs> a bar in New York City a line running out the door Inside it's shoulder to shoulder On every inch of floor Somehow I climbed up on the stage Started to sing Thirty minutes later You could have heard a dropped pin ring I wasn't giving them what they wanted Yeah, I didn't give them what they wanted that night But if you give them what they want Well, you might get what you need Yes, indeed Well, a brew pub in Frederick, Maryland Outside Washington, D.C. Where people come to hear the songs Now all ears are on me I sing my song about heartbreak Full of sweet, sad misery Somehow hearing me sing those songs helps to set their poor hearts free. I was giving them what they wanted. Yeah, I give them what they wanted that night. And if you give them what they want, well, you might get what you need. Now sometimes I'm sad to wondering What was I sent here to do? The only time I know my mind Is when I sing and play for the big flat screen TV the place was full the crowd was loud call it chaos and cacophony but everyone sings a song when they sing a song about Johnson Tennessee you know the one
girls wild eye. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Patterson Barrett. You're so welcome. It's Thank you. so good to see you. What's the best way for folks to find you, find out all about your past, present, and future plans? If you really want to find out about me, I guess you could go to my very own website, pattersonbarrett.com, uh, which I try to keep up to date when I'm not, you know, actually playing music. Is Barrett two R's, two T's? Barrett is two R's and two, two T's. T's. And Patterson has two T's. Double consonants at every opportunity. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I'm on Spotify and all the streaming stuff. What's up next after Folk Alliance? I'll spend the day Sunday driving to Austin. I rehearse on Monday with a band, and then we drive to Houston to play at the Monkey Duck on Tuesday. They do a lot of streams there. Hopefully they'll stream that so I yeah, can watch yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a band called the Lost Austin Band, one of my many, one of the many things I'm in. Incarnations. How do you keep track of it all? I mean, do you have a... Calendar. Calendar on the But phone. is it a paper calendar? No, no, is Google it... phone. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how in the world we ever... I mean, I look at my Google calendar, and you would never know that this is supposedly from a retired person, the way... <laughs> All the different colors and the things that are going on. It's been such a pleasure to have you today. Safe travels. Thank you. To Austin. Hopefully it's somewhat thought out by the time. I'm sure it will be. You go back down there and the power's back on and all that kind of stuff. And we'll see what uh, madness ensues for the next two nights at Folk Alliance. And we'll see you there. International. How late were you up last night? Three. Yeah. Four o'clock for me. I was hosting the room by myself last night. And so... uh, yeah, three. But it was uh, it's it's been three o'clock, and tonight someone else is running the room. Uh, Danny, my my uh, other half, Danny and uh, Rex Pryor, who's also on the board of Heartland Song Network, they're in charge tonight. And so we'll see whether I get out in the hallways and get to do other things. We got a killer lineup, but uh, hopefully we'll see you in the hallways and that you'll come back. Maybe not have to wait for Folk Alliance. Come. Well, yeah. When the when the new record comes out, I'm gonna. Uh, when my last record came out, I kind of uh, decided. That that I wanted to try and visit as many radio stations as yeah. I could. Um, and so I spent, you know, three months doing this, doing, go, going around yeah, yeah. visiting people on the This air. is still a thing, right? Radio is still a thing. I, well, I, I don't know if it is or not. But, yeah, um, I hope it is. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of fun to do it. Well, that's the that's that's the true part. It is a lot of fun. And well, if nothing else, we can people. do a phone interview. You know, if you don't actually physically come through town with okay. it. Okay. Well, you know, I'm here every Friday between 10 and noon. We can do a phone interview. I'll, I'll probably come. I'll probably cool. come and see you in person. Well, the door's open. Right. Just got to be on a Friday between 10 a.m. and noon. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Patterson. Thank uh, we'll be back with, Chris, you tell me, is Beth here? Beth Bambara from St. Louis, Missouri will be up next. I think uh, while she's getting set up and ready, we'll hear from uh Jake Blunt, and uh, Jake was just profiled, I believe, on PBS. So this is Jake's tune, The Downward Road, here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Stay tuned for Beth Bambara. And we're back. I think we're going to, I think I'm going to make it. It's 1141. And uh, my name is Diana Lynn. We are in hour three of the four hour takeover, Folk Alliance takeover of the Tasty Room Music Radio Show here on 90.1 FM, KKFI Kansas City Community Radio. And we're welcoming back to Kansas City and to the program, Beth Bambara from St. Louis. I try to remember my origin stories with folks. Yeah. Don't, tell me if I get this wrong. Like Ma- Rachel Maddow says on our show every Monday night, tell me if I've got any of this wrong. <laughs> or did I state this correctly? Sky Smead, our mutual friend Sky Smead, mm-hmm. gave me a call and he said, Said, I'm going to be playing a show in the Gospel Lounge with this amazing songwriter from St. Louis and her husband Kit, and I really would like for you to come and check it out. Well, that's all he had to say, you know. So, uh, is that where we met? Is that your? I think that's right. I think that's, I think that's and right. And I don't even know how many years ago that has been now, because there's this two or three year hole in our collective yeah. consciousness where it's we know it's before COVID, but we don't. Yeah, know. yeah. I, I want to say, if I had to guess, I want to say that was like maybe 2016. So that's just seven years already. I can't. That's, that's blowing my yeah, mind. Yeah, it is. It is blowing my mind, too. So Beth is from St. Louis, born and raised? No, I, I actually uh, was born in Grand Rapids, Michigan, but I've been in St. Louis now for it's, it's talking about time and feeling the passage of time. Like for, I've been in St. Louis for about 14 years. It feels like home to me. Yeah, we Definitely. may have had this conversation. I moved to St. Louis when I was in middle school. 
Mm. and lived there till I was married the first time. So my whole kind of adolescence and early adulthood was in St. Louis. Wow. And then I moved yeah. here 50 years ago this year. Mm-hmm. And so spent my entire adult life here. Yeah. But I used to go back to St. Louis all the time on business when I was in the corporate world. Okay. And the difference between Kansas City and St. Louis is very, very pronounced. Mm. So as someone who is in the artistic community in St. Louis, how do you find it there? I mean, is it welcoming to a singer-songwriter? Are there lots of venues to play? What's the support system like over there? I I feel like uh, as a whole, St. Louis does a pretty good job of sort of uplifting the arts kind of across the board. There's a lot of – there are – lots of opportunities places to play there's there's some good listening rooms i think it's harder for touring musicians who are sort of like up and coming to find good spots to land if that makes sense but um, i get requests all the time i i need a gig between st louis and dallas or st louis and wichita or whatever yeah can you get me a a gig or at least give me a name to call to some yeah geographically it's such a great it's been a great location for me to tour out of Mm -hmm. um and i feel like i've found a lot of support locally there Mm -hmm. is there a community radio there is there is yeah there's a great community radio station there kdhx kdhx and they've got the deal where they own the building mm-hmm. and they're like downstairs and there's a restaurant or it's kind of yeah a cool that setup. that part of it has been sort of in constant shift i don't think they've landed at a something that works and i think they might be somebody else might be running that now mm-hmm. but the radio station is yeah the two second third floor and then there's like a there's a little concert venue yeah. on the first floor. Yeah, we'd yeah. love to be able to yeah. maybe someday. Dreams. We're on the new streetcar line that's being installed that's going to be ready by next year and it's completely changing the fabric and tenor of the neighborhood. That's so, wonderful. That's yeah, exciting. We're we're excited to we're excited to be here. But we're excited to have you here. Thank you. For Folk Alliance. How Thank do, you. what's the experience like this year so far? We're halfway through it. Two, two more days to go. Well, What's the experience vis-a-vis the other ones that you've been to? Well, this is my third one, so I'm trying to compare in my head, like, what, what's different. What I mean, it, it's it's all very, it's all a blur. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put it that Well, way. you think you have a plan, you know, or you have a goal. So, and- yes, I have learned this year, don't waste time making a plan because that plan is going to change. So I this year, my approach was I didn't really make a hard schedule for myself. I just said, you know what, I'm going to take care of the things that I need to take care of. And then I'm just going to be just show up, walk around, run into people. And I've met some really amazing people so far. Isn't it amazing? And yeah, it's hard to describe to people what that community is like. And it's not like your baby boomers folk club Mm -hmm. anymore. I mean, it started kind of out that way. But there are genres of music from all over the world. There are people from all over the world. Mm -hmm. It's an exciting thing to witness as a as a fan, I guess, or as a non musician. I can only imagine what it's like for someone like yourself, that's a creative you know, generative artists, I'd like to have you play something. You've got that beautiful guitar yes. already to go. What's yes. What are we going to hear from Beth Bombara right. from St. Louis today? I'm going to start off with a, an older tune of mine. This is called Mountain Sun. Everything. 
second that emotion i think it does feel good midnight sun uh mountain sun mountain sun is the name of that tune this is beth bombar from st louis missouri come over here to kansas city for folk alliance we are in hour three of a four-hour takeover of the tasty brew i think i'm gonna make it i wasn't sure there about 45 minutes ago you got it we're revived you participated in the virtual edition of folk alliance unlocked yeah. Did you find that that experience kind of upped your game on software and hardware? Or were you already kind of into the streaming by the- I was getting into it, but I, I had done zero streaming before the pandemic. No streaming before the pandemic. So I, I really didn't like the idea of just talking to a, a camera. Yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. I got used to it. And, and yeah, I was able to do things like do a virtual showcase and uh, play shows for people. And I, I didn't realize it, although it felt awkward for me being behind, like just talking to nobody really that I, I couldn't, couldn't feel, get that feedback from right. people. But I, I started to realize I kept getting emails from people after I'd do these live streams and, and they'd say, thank you so much for doing that. I really, really needed that tonight. Yeah, it's uh, as a patron or a, a fan, I probably did watch too many of them for a while, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I, so I li- kind of lost how important they were when you're not feeling well or you're no longer able to go out for any reason, whether you have covered yourself or you're just debilitated for some reason or you have social anxieties Mm -hmm. or money troubles or whatever it is the ability to occasionally access your favorite artist in that way is a very compelling and healing thing to be able to do so it's kind of like the cat's out of the bag now it's not like you can put it back in you know that that's another skill set that you can have that you can pull whenever you feel like it yeah you know do you know chad elliott from iowa uh i don't he's well he's one of these artists that just when it comes to him every once in a while he'll be in his van by the side of the road as he's touring mm-hmm. and just turn it on and start playing oh, by, cool. by the side of the of a lake or something like mm-hmm. that and it is just absolutely magic that's great and i know that it helps him feel connected so i'm, I'm glad that you yeah kind of got over your hesitancy about that because yeah think- it it took a little bit but once i realized how you know my sort of anxiety about that <laughs> Is that's that's a small piece of it, and and getting over that was yeah. really good for me. Do you feel like you're up and running again? Like things are kind of back to. Normal? I feel like it's um, this summer. This past summer got really busy for me with live gigs, um, sort of locally and regionally, and I feel like it's starting to come back on more of like a national 
level a bit. So, yeah. Are you comfortable in front of, uh, what's your favorite audience size? I mean, do you like an open air festival? Is a listening room a house concert more to your liking? Or Yeah, it's, I like them all for different reasons. If I'm playing solo, I like, you know, 50 to 100 person listening room. That feels great. Just that you can, you feel so close to it. To the audience, it's a really nice ceiling, and generally, they're like people are very quiet and attentive. So that I love that sort of environment for a solo show. When I have my whole band with me, I love being on an outdoor mm-hmm. festival stage. It's just so fun. Like I, I feel more free. There's usually more space. I can like jump around if I'm feeling it. You know, all of that sort of thing. As an independent artist, what kind of decisions do you make about merch and how, what to do? I mean, because. <laughs> So many folks are so tormented about CDs, or yeah. maybe they're past it. I, I don't know, but that was one staple of the merch, you know, that that, mm-hmm. you, that had something to sell besides a T-shirt. Yeah. You know? um, so what what's the what are you doing about merch these days? Well, I'm so I'm I'm starting to think more of that about that now because I'm putting out a new record at the end of the summer, and so for me, that's sort of I think of that sort of stuff in the cycles. Like, so when a new record's out, what sort of new merch do I want to make? I like to find, of course, you got your classic concert T-shirt posters, like for the specific shows. I feel like have have been good, but I'm also trying to find like just what are some fun things. So I've been making earrings out of my used guitar strings. Really? I need I need Why to make not? more of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's been kind of a fun little craft. Savannah Chestnut is a country artist I follow. Has gotten into leather work, and so yeah, she does a lot of uh, smaller pieces of of everything from a key fob thing to mm-hmm. a belt to a strap. Yeah. So I, I think that going that sort of route, like the non mass produced route, you know, it makes just, it very personal. Yeah, and and that's like that's doable for an independent artist because you know you don't have to order 200 shirts you know you can just make right. I can make what I have and and I also like the idea of recycling things but yeah I'll, I'll be thinking more about that so stuff. at the end of the summer is the plan mm-hmm. to did you already do a kickstarter for that or how did you process for this one is it coming process for this one <laughs> no kickstarter because I found a record label that wants to put it out so they're taking care of all that stuff that i had to do on my own before is it a secret or can we say what no it's um it's called black mesa records and it feels just like when you meet your people you meet you just click yeah um that's kind of what it felt like to me so that's when i knew i was like okay yeah did they come to you or were they were they on your they radar? did they did kind of because we don't really and... hear about record labels that much anymore mm-hmm. like we you know when i was first in radio or first a fan of music it was all about the record labels you know they yeah. handled everything yeah and it's been so diy for so long mm-hmm. because it just became so ridden with all kinds of pitfalls and corruption <laughs> and everything yeah you know what I mean? all the bad but, stuff yeah. uh yeah it's, it's it has such a bad rap for so long yeah that you don't hear that much about record labels anymore other than an artist having their own record label right so that they could retain some sort of control over the right. product black mesa records is great feels like a nice little family so they have um john calvin abney if you're familiar with john i love him yeah he's on black mesa travis linville is on black mesa so it must be is it out of oklahoma is it out of tulsa yeah it's out yeah. of tulsa travis linville who plays in hayes carl's right. band they also have tim easton um no tim very well and which has been fun for me because i've because of that label connection started doing i just played a show are with you tim the only female on the roster i haven't heard anything. there is one other female anna ash um and I think they're they're looking to maybe expand a little bit. Yeah, John Calvin Abney, he's wonderful. And a lot of folks may know him as uh, John Moreland's sideman. Mm-hmm. But I'll never forget the first time I saw him was at Woody Fest in Okima. Oh, yeah. And he had his own showcase in the basement of this place called The Brick at the time. And it was packed, and he did his – he started his set – and as it progressed, it's just like there was this hush in the room. And mm-hmm. by the time it was over with, everybody was just, he got such a wonderful mm-hmm. response. I mean, I, I th- I'm not so sure he didn't tear up. You know, it was, <laughs> it was a, a really special experience to be able to see somebody have. And yeah. once I saw him there, then I, he's been on my radar and mm-hmm. I kind of follow him and have seen he's him. He's wonderful. He, and he's just such a talented. Those guys all are. Uh, Travis Linville's wonderful. Musician. Yeah. That them Tulsa boys down there yeah it's a great vibe John um, Fulbright and his group yeah well you're in I think you're in 
good hands. And yeah, good I'm, so I'm very excited um, to have sort of a, a team, a family of people kind of rooting for this next record. Yeah, well, I'm rooting <laughs> for you. If you're just joining us, it's 12 o'clock, and I normally sign off at this time, mm. but we're going for another hour. We are preempting the rebroadcast of Ebony's Bones this week. She'll be back next week. Uh, but today, we are now in hour four of the <laughs> Folk Alliance Takeover of the Tasty for Music radio show. And we're talking to my friend Beth Bombara from St. Louis that is here for Folk Alliance, as have been all of the artists that uh, I've shared with you today. I hope you've en- enjoyed the conversations and getting to know these folks a little bit better who like to come here for Folk Alliance in Kansas City, like to tour and come through here and have you get to know their music. Uh, let's hear another tune there, Miss Beth Bombara. All right. This is called I Only Cry When I'm Alone. inside Try to keep my head high Breaking down behind the door When I can't hide this anymore Invisible as air Hoping you still care It doesn't matter where I go I only cry when I'm alone sets you free a perfect smile is all you need so filter every frame what is there to gain it doesn't matter where I go I only cry when I'm alone I only cry when sure that when I cry I'm alone but sometimes it doesn't work out that way. True I, I, I feel you on that. Yeah yeah yeah. Uh, Beth Bombara is my guest from uh, St. Louis here in Kansas City as are about 2,000 other musicians from around the world mm-hmm. uh, in our fair town. I'm so glad that we had some decent weather for you all and the sun has been out and if you want to get out and experience the city a little bit. Have you ever spent any time over here and got to see any a little bit, yeah. Not, not, um, not near enough. Yeah. But because I feel like when we're passing through town, it's like you don't have tons think, of time. I think that that would be the one of the things I would not like about being a touring artist because mm-hmm. I love to visit, you know, museums and historical places of significance wherever I'm at. And you're only passing through and seeing a hotel room or the venue, you're missing out on so much. Yeah, I have done the the river market. Is yes. that a thing? Mm-hmm. Did you get on the streetcar and just go down? No, this was a past the past oh. a past time. Because now you can walk across the street from the West End to Union Station, get on mm-hmm. the streetcar, go all the way down to the river market and ride it all the way back. It goes all the way to the river yes. market? Oh, it goes, that's wonderful. And all this construction is taking it all the way to UMKC, wow. south of the plaza. 
So when that's all completed, I think it'll be a complete like ten miles long or whatever. That's great. Right now it's just about a four or five mile okay. long thing, but you can ride it all the way to the River Market and get off in any number of places, you mm. know, power and light and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean I've listen always listen to me sounding like the Economic <laughs> Development Corporation. For well, what I can tell you about my time spent here is. I've never had a bad time in Kansas City. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear it. I can't yeah. say the same for St. Louis, and I and I lived there and graduated high school, so I feel like I can say whatever I want to about yeah. St. Louis. But I've had a lot of great times over there, there too. What's the best way for folks to access all things Beth Ambara? And I right. love your last name. Is that what's the ethnicity there? Is it Sicilian? Um, it's Sicilian. Or, is it? Yeah, it's Sicilian. So you can go to bethbambara.com, and that has my show calendar. I think it's got. Uh, social media links and all of that stuff. And where did you record this new record? Recorded this new record in St. Louis. Did a lot of it with my friend Dan Merriman, who's a wonderful engineer, and he's currently working out of a studio called Midtown Soundhouse. And who's we? Who's in your band right now? Who's um, me? Uh, Kit is playing mm-hmm. bass. My husband Kit, our drummer Mike Shirt, and we picked up a, a new lead guitar player for the album, which I'm so excited and, and thrilled to have him playing on it. Because he's just, he's fantastic. When you recorded this album, were you all in the studio together? Or did everybody do their bit somewhere else and mail it all in? Or how did you we, do that? We did all of the rhythm tracks. So we did rhythm, guitar, bass, and drums. All of that together. Probably 50% of the lead guitar was overdubbed. And then we did a f- some of that in the studio live as well. Do you like the recording process? I do. Some people don't like it. It's sort of intimidating. Yeah. Um, but once I get get out of my head... You know, then I really enjoy it. Do you edit a lot? I mean, do you always want to change it and keep doing it over? Or you? I hear it so many times that the first take is the best take and quit messing with it, kind of thing. So. Yeah, sure. So I've I found like when we we have the band set up in the studio, like just for the basic tracks, drums, bass, uh, rhythm, guitar, if that's what we're we're doing. I feel like it's you just get a different energy than if you were to track one thing at a time. I love doing it that way, and I find like sometimes the first take is the best, but for me, it's generally like the second or third take. I would think that the energy level is at the best on the first take. And if you have to keep doing it over that every time you do, I just there's diminishing returns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So my general rule in the studio is we'll do a song. We'll play it through all together. No more than like four times. And then we each I ask the band, I say, okay, what who liked to take? Or what was your your best take? And then we'll just then I'll make an executive decision of which one we go with. Blew my mind about that. Let it be Uh how many takes that they did. Yeah. And kept a lot of them, and now yeah. they're starting to release. Oh, this is take twenty-seven of. Oh my god! No wonder they broke up. <laughs> yeah, it's surprising they didn't kill each other. Yeah, I, I always am kind of interested in people's recording process because I've been lucky enough and honored enough to sit in on some recording sessions mm. with folks yeah. to watch the process to yeah. see how it goes, and it's different for people how they like to do it or how it's so done. So I, I stretched myself with this record. Um, I I took on probably more I've co-produced every every record I've done but this record I feel like I I was pretty much directing everything saying you know what instruments I wanted in in every song and have you ever produced anyone else is that something I've never produced anyone else I'm I I think that after this experience of making my record I think I would really enjoy uh, working with other artists to help them sort of realize their vision I think that there's more of that perspective needed in the Mm. recording industry so you're a young woman. There's time for you to There's time. explore that yeah, avenue I, if you wish. Thank you so much for coming in today. Yeah. Have you got showcases the rest of the time? Are you um, done? Or I have two more uh, on Saturday. Have you got anybody on your list that you're wanting to see that's that I should check out? Oh, that you should check out. Not on the on the top of my head. Yeah, but I'll I'll message you because yeah. I'm sure that there's yeah. Because I'm always open and I haven't. This was the first year I made no schedule. Yeah, good and for you. <laughs> no schedule, and I just have floated around a little bit you know started with the milk carton kids last night and Mm. stayed in that room for a while because I didn't know who was coming up they all blew my mind that's wonderful had no idea who they were sometimes that's the best way to do it it is park yourself in one spot and just experience what's what's there yeah well Black Mesa Records Black Mesa Records coming at the end of the summer yeah August 4th is the release date there will be a pre-order for it I think 
three months before the record. Well, I've always appreciated the fact that you've let me know what's coming down the pike with you and send it to me so that I can share it. And I hope that if you go on tour in support of the record, that you'll make some time, hopefully on a Friday between 10 (laughs) or call in. We can call in at any time. Yeah, And I also do Siren Song here once a month. So if you happen to be in town on a Saturday when I'm doing that, you can mm-hmm. come in anytime. Well, my intention is to get back to Kansas City more often and to, uh, you know, play with other Kansas City that artists. Venue, venue owners? So this is me putting it out there into the universe, which I'm just starting to try to do more. Like, I, I want to come to Kansas yeah, City. Yeah, set your intentions. 